Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Hey, listeners, I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest this week, Tala Akavan. Before becoming the chief operating officer at Pietra, Tala was an Uber executive for five years, coinciding with some of the app's most transformative years. But as a first-time mother, Tala struggled to pair her professional goals with motherhood, so she made the decision to not return to work after maternity leave. Instead, she focused on being the mom she always dreamt of. She also used the time to search for a career that would allow her to find fulfillment in both motherhood and entrepreneurship. Tala landed at Pietra, the platform powering the creator economy. And as COO, she's spearheading the initiatives that are making it possible for anyone to launch the brand of their dreams. She's found a true passion for democratizing access for female entrepreneurship, where her mission is to lower the barrier of entry for all creators. Hi, Tala. Thank you so much for joining the work party. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's dive right into your incredible background. Can you walk us through some of the steps that led to your career today? Maybe starting with you, where you were at in college, what you studied, and then how you sort of ended up at Uber. Sure, yeah. I was always like kind of a STEM kid. I loved uh, math and science. And in college, I majored in sustainable development, which is more around environmental policy, environmental science, but I picked up a math major as well, I think my junior year. And so I was super focused on kind of where the quantitative and the qualitative worlds intersected. And so, you know, going into the workforce out of college, I went into management consulting, actually. And so I was a consultant at one of the you know bigger firms in New York, and I focused on financial services particularly the commercial retail side, really thinking about things like credit card strategy, mortgage strategy, how consumers interact with the financial system. 
And so kind of my love for consumer product was born there. And after a few years there, I was actually on such a good trajectory and I did love it. I really loved it there. But a friend of mine had moved on to Uber um, actually from the same firm. And I remember he called me up one day and was like, you would love this place. It's fast. It's smart. This thing is growing. You should come over. And so I wasn't really looking for a job. I went I went to interview. I had a great time in the interview process and I just kind of took the leap. And so I worked at Uber from 2015 to 2020 when the pandemic hit and I had my my daughter. Yeah. Amazing. So Uber is is sort of this, you know, incredible Silicon Valley startup, but obviously super pumped is out. There's a lot of like I would say Silicon Valley lore about Uber. What was it like? You were there for several years, as you mentioned, five years. You were an executive chief of staff and you helped define the customer strategy across Uber's consumer verticals. But what was your experience like during such a significant time of growth for the company? Yeah, you know, it's I, I loved my ride at Uber, as, as Uber people say. I joined when the company was in such a different stage than it is now, right? I joined, you know, I think what's now like seven years ago. And so at that time, Uber was really, really growing. Operations was the core of the business. And, you know, in the operations team at that time, you were really working on a city team. You owned one market. At the time, I was working on the New York City team running kind of the, the pool operation. And I, I loved my time at Uber. I mean, I think a lot of what you hear and read about Uber is true. It was a, a unique culture. I, I think you can't really detangle Uber's success from its culture completely, right? I think a lot of sort of the cultural tenets or values really helped Uber succeed because it did lend itself to speed and scrappiness and, you know, all of those those kinds of qualities that I think Uber had. I have to say I loved it. There were definitely tough times, definitely some tough cultural things, right, at Uber. I always laugh like I feel like the first page of the book, Super Pumped, was actually like my first day at Uber. It coincided timeline-wise and similar to the end of the book. And so I definitely was there during that tumultuous time, but I wouldn't change it. I think I learned so much. And actually at Pietra, our uh, leadership team, the CEO, the CTO, and myself, the COO, are all ex-Uber people. And we met when we were building Uber Pool together. So we try to bring all of the positives from, from the Uber world, but but hopefully not as not as much of the negative. Yeah, yeah. And when you're building something that big and and moving so fast and disrupting, it's always ripe for challenges and, and different types of experiences. So that's amazing to hear. So as you mentioned, two that you're obviously 2020, you decide after your maternity leave to kind of just take some time off. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think so many women feel the pressure to not even take a maternity leave or like go right back into it and lose their spot. So tell us about that decision. Yeah. So it was obviously a really tricky time for a number of reasons, right? COVID had just hit at the time when I was you know, sort of in my, in my final stages of pregnancy and, and having my, my baby. And you know, I, I've always been one of those people who I'm super wired to work. I just, I love working. I always have, but I also have always dreamt of having a lot of kids and, and really being a mom and, and doing all of the quote unquote mom things. Right. And so I was super nervous to have a baby and, and, and balance everything and actually give my all to both sides of who I am. And so I was pretty emotional when I got 
pregnant and and when I was thinking about what mat leave would, would look like and, and COVID hit. And when I had my daughter, it was peak, peak COVID. It was summer of 2020. And so, you know, I did my mat leave and that was rounding out in the fall. And, and you know, my, there were a bunch of changes on my team at Uber, et cetera. And, and I kind of just made this decision, like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with my childcare options right now in this environment. And I've been at Uber for five years. I think I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to be this full-time mom that I never thought I would do, but kind of secretly always dreamed of doing. And I did it. And I, I took a whole year off. And I have to say, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life because I had that experience of being a full-time mom for a long time. So now coming back to work, I don't feel like I was rushed into that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And is there anything that you specifically learned by doing that, that you're bringing back with you now that you're back in the grind, as it were? You know what? I think my biggest lesson being kind of a stay-at-home mom, obviously these are all antiquated terms, like working mom, stay-at-home mom. I think my biggest lesson was it's really hard work. Um, Mm. Being a full-time mom is a lot of work. It's exhausting on a physical and mental level. It's intense. And so I think every day when I'm tired at work or, you know, or whatever, I'm tired at the end of the day because I'm like finishing up work at midnight after my daughter's been in bed and all those things. I really always think to myself, you know what? It's not like the alternative would be so restful. And I think knowing both sides of this experience, kind of this polarized experience spectrum has helped me have perspective. Hey listeners, we'll be back in a moment, but I just want to share a little bit about Bliss, a sponsor that supports this episode. Every single morning without fail, I apply sunscreen. Sometimes I don't even have plans to go outside, but it's become an integral and non-negotiable part of my morning routine. I've been on the hunt for a new sunscreen that applies like makeup primer, but still packs a strong SPF punch for maximum protection. It's been a tough search, but the Bliss Blockstar Invisible Daily Sunscreen finally checked all my boxes. I used to hate applying sunscreen though. It never mixed well with my makeup and I always felt greasy by the end of the day. Bliss's Blockstar Daily Mineral SPF 30 is the sunscreen you will actually want to wear. Its formula provides 100% clean mineral broad spectrum protection and it looks and feels amazing. The sheer universal tint blends in effortlessly without a white cast and always leaves my skin looking smooth and fresh. I can wear it alone or under my makeup. Either way, the Blockstar never pills and can definitely be used as a makeup primer. Plus, it's non-comedogenic, which means it won't block pores, cause breakouts, irritate skin, or leave you feeling greasy. Bliss is a B Corp certified, clean, cruelty-free, planet-friendly skincare brand on a mission to empower everyone to achieve a higher state of happy. One self-care moment at a time. All Bliss products are thoughtfully formulated to be safe and free from harmful substances you don't want on your skin or in your body. They partner with the most responsible ingredient suppliers and follow strict European Union standards, which are the highest standards in the world for skincare safety. So get 25% off your purchase of Blockstar Daily Mineral Sunscreen on blissworld.com and use code PARTY at checkout. The easiest and most important self-care step you can take is applying sunscreen every single day and protecting your skin from the sun is so important. So go to blissworld.com and enter code party. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach and I'm Annalyn McCord. 
After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> we made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And do you think that like there's a shift in the industry to support, for lack of a better word, working moms um, or moms going out on maternity leave? Like, do you see any sort of change specifically in like the tech and finance space? Yeah, I mean, I think there generally there's there's movement, right? I mean, all of the paid family leave political conversation that happened over the past few months has become has, has made this issue like a household dinner table issue, which I love. I'm so happy about because the pandemic stretched working parents, particularly moms, in an unprecedented way. And so I think there is a lot more, I think, empathy and understanding for working parents because you've seen people in their homes and how much kids just want to be with mommy. I mean, I hate to say it, but my daughter runs into my Zoom calls more than my husband's. And it's just, it's a thing. And I think right now, policy-wise and, and sort of human resources-wise, there's a lot more latitude for women to have more flexibility going back to work at big companies. You know, Morgan Stanley, where my husband works, their, their, their parental leave policy is is pretty incredible now. And that's like a pretty institutional bank, right? And so it's it's wonderful to see that. I think it needs to go all the way across industries and across size of company, right? Early stage startups, it's really challenging to make the case for really, really aggressively sort of flexible parental leave policy. And <clears throat> that's tough. Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID really shone a light on how poorly structured the system is for working parents. So now let's get into your next wave. So you end up going back as the chief operating officer at Pietra. So for those who aren't familiar, can you tell us what Pietra does? Yeah, so Pietra is a, a tech platform that basically enables and empowers any entrepreneur, any creator to build a retail product line, a direct-to-consumer product line. And so... The way we do this is we have a platform. It's $39 a month to have access to all of these, these kind of tools and resources. And we offer a sourcing marketplace. So you can go onto the platform. You have a product idea in mind, or you just want to get inspired and, and look at the product ideas out there or options out there. And you can basically search a number of categories of products and work with manufacturers all over the world, domestic and, and international, to customize a product. You order samples, you work with the supplier to customize it. And then when you reach your prototype, you order inventory. We also offer a fulfillment service. So you can have that inventory sent to our warehouses, to our fulfillment operation, and we will store it, assemble it, put it all together for you so that when you are ready to sell and launch, either by launching your own Shopify site or other third-party sales channel, or just using our internal sales marketplace, which we also have, you can then sell your items all that information syncs back up to our warehousing system and we fulfill them for you. So someone can literally create a product line, sell it direct to consumer without leaving their living room, right? Amazing. So what are some sample collaborations that you've done in terms of product? 
Yeah. So, so I will first clarify, we, we actually don't even collaborate. It's, it's a, it's a service and a platform that anybody can use. We don't take a stake in anybody's business, which is awesome. We're really trying to empower the creators out there. Some of my favorite lines right now are, um, Liz Moody actually has an awesome card deck. It's called the healthier together card deck. And it is a conversation starter, like card game. And, uh, especially in the pandemic, obviously that's super powerful. We've all been locked at home with our families. But what I love about it, it's very authentic to her brand as a creator. She's a female entrepreneur. She's kind of funded it her herself and launched a really, really successful product. It's not just a merch line, although merch is great, but it's a really cool kind of bespoke product. So there's a flat fee to get access to the product opportunity. And then is there, where's the secondary fee come from? Does it come from if you sign up for the fulfillment? And then if you, I don't, is there more, like how does that work from a business model perspective? Sure, yeah. So right now the way it's structured is there is a flat fee access to the platform. And then as you engage with different parts of the, the value chain, there are like very nominal fees associated with that. So for our production marketplace, when you order inventory, there's like a credit card processing fee, right? A tiny cut, similar to the to sort of other sourcing marketplaces out there. Same with our logistics and fulfillment operation. We have sort of typical, but actually best in class fulfillment fees and rate cards. So it's similarly structured to the three PLs out there, but it's actually cheaper and um, it's more tailored to the creator. So our fulfillment center, we have in-house photography, so we can photograph your your um, product for you and the rates are sort of pay by service, right? And then on the sales side, similar, it's just like an integration fee on your sale for for your Shopify to connect to our... And I think, you know, when people ask me, What's the real value here for a creator? If you had to say it in kind of one word or one tagline, it's honestly the connective tissue between all of this, right? Right now, creators have to piece all of this together. It's a lot of work, but the way we built it is super seamless. Taking a quick pause here to talk about a sponsor I am obsessed with, VinoVest, a new venture that's opening access to wine investments. Historically, fine wine has been held for the ultra wealthy with a high barrier for entry. And not just for buying and drinking, fine wine is the best kept secret in investing. VinoVest is democratizing fine wine investing by providing investors with unparalleled access, liquidity, and transparency into the industry. As a wine lover and sommelier in training myself, I was so excited to start investing in this industry. VinoVest opened up a whole new world of portfolio diversification and they make it super easy. In addition to outpacing inflation, wine is proven to be recession resistant. In the first quarter of 2020, the Dow Jones and S&P 500 fell by more than 22%. Fine wine only saw a drop of 1.4% during the recession. That's insane. Every investment is equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who have access to up-and-coming vineyards, private sales, and limited releases. Experts evaluate wine and decide which ones will gain the most value over time and inspect every single bottle for authenticity. The team also monitors your investments 24-7 in climate-controlled facilities to ensure maximum security. And VinoVest wine and technology experts make it possible for any investor to own blue-chip wines from Burgundy, Bordeaux, and beyond. Best of all, I own the wines in my portfolio outright with VinoVest. I can buy, sell, or drink them anytime. 
VinoVest is perfect if you're looking to maximize diversification, have a long-term timeline, are new to investing outside of the stock market, or simply love wine. So if you're ready to diversify, then now is the time. Head to VinoVest and mention Work Party. You'll get two months of free wine management for free. Start investing with VinoVest today by going to Work Party's exclusive link, zen.ai slash work party. That's zen.ai slash work party, z-e-n dot a-i slash work party. And be sure to mention Work Party sent you to start investing in wine today. So there's been this clear spike in female entrepreneurship and you guys are really tapping into that. So when it comes to the types of businesses that you're seeing launch, what is like some of the most popular categories that you're seeing creators tap into? Yes, female entrepreneurship has blossomed during the pandemic, but also just generally in in our culture right now, right? I mean, this all ties together. Women wanting flexible work, wanting more authority over their work. This is like a perfect kind of avenue for, for people to explore that opportunity. And that's why we're seeing it. I think Right now, the categories that are super popular, I think, are ones that you see a lot of evolution in generally. So skincare, right? Skincare, makeup, beauty. These are these are categories right now that are evolving a ton. People want more control about the ingredients that are in their products. They want stuff that is branded to their skin type, et cetera. And so we see a lot of activity and, and interest in that area. And another one, I mean, apparel is always, <laughs> apparel is always a huge retail category, but we're also seeing a lot of interest in sort of more unusual categories, right? So swimwear, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of right away. We have people that are really interested in homeware, home goods. Mm-hmm. That's another one. And then we've got people that are interested in, in even more bespoke ones, games, board games. We have a lot of interest in board games, consumables candy, coffee, tea, that kind of stuff. In terms of I'm a, how big of a creator do I need to be to get started? You know, do you guys have any barriers to entry or how does that work? Yeah, honestly, that's my favorite thing about this platform. You don't have to be a big creator to start. You can be anybody. And that's why we've built it this way so that it is self-service so that anybody can come in and sign up and browse and talk to manufacturers. A lot of the sort of adjacent alternatives out there are big kind of operating partners that will only pick up your call if you're a huge creator or whatever. And this is really democratizing this process for Mm -hmm. anybody. Amazing. So you also offer guidance, price, transparency, and access to global vendors, as you mentioned. So when it comes to helping these creators, you also offer access to a marketplace so they can sell their products if they're unable to launch it themselves in under 90 days. What's the success rate of launching in under 90 days? We've had a lot of success. I don't know if you caught wind of our holiday drop over Q4 last year, but all of those creators launched in under 90 days, which is super exciting. So we do see if someone has an idea, if they know exactly what they want, that is kind of the best uh, recipe for launching in under 90 days. And a lot of the supply chain issues over the last year have resolved. Mm. So the likelihood is kind of higher and higher now, which is great. Oh, that's that's great because I know supply chain has been a huge issue. So from what you've seen, what separates a successful product launch from the rest? Like what is an example of someone that's done it really well in terms of getting their product off the ground? I think a lot of this, I mean, this is what's so challenging. I think about retail in general. I think branding is so important these days. Having a product and brand that's really authentic, that has a story, I think has proven to, to really lead to a lot of success for people. I think really understanding your product and having 
you know, for an influencer, for example, having an audience that for whom that really, really resonates. But then I think also having something unique makes a big difference. These days, the merch industry is super saturated. People are looking Mm. for something different rather than a sweatshirt. Maybe think about, I don't know, a type of candy or, you know, someone, another creator just launched a journal, right? Her following is really interested in sort of business tactics and staying organized. And her name is Nitsan Ryder. She, she launched an incredible journal product and it's like a planner basically. And it's sold incredibly well because it's unique and it's, it's interesting. And so I think that's, that's a real learning. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to scaling Pietra, like I'm, how do you see the future of the company? You know, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So it's interesting. We have like four businesses in one, which is the idea, right? It's the connective tissue, like I said, between them. I think as we think about scaling, it's really, again, lowering barriers to entry for more and more and more people who are interested in doing this, whether that's lowering the education barrier, making sure people understand how to go about this process, how to think about pricing, all of that stuff, or lowering the financial barrier, thinking about what are the partnerships that we can come up with to give people working capital or starting capital, but also, you know, even operational barriers, right? How do we get more and more suppliers onto the platform across Mm. the globe that are interesting to people. One thing that we focused on, for example, is how do we sort of categorize our suppliers in interest attributes for creators? So for example, if someone really wants to work with a female-owned manufacturer or supplier, they can filter that in our marketplace so that they can you know, only work with those suppliers or a BIPOC-owned or things like that, right? And so that's really how we think about scale, delivering value to creators, lowering barriers to entry, and really just making the operation super seamless. So it is very easy. Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's so much opportunity there, you know, being able to find factories or, you know, manufacturers that hit your ethically made, you know, female owned. I think that that's an incredible asset for any small business owner who's looking just to launch. So you're the CEO of the company. I think people oftentimes are clear on what a CEO does, maybe what a CFO does. What does a COO do? It's funny, you know, when you talk to other COOs and I'm, you know, not me, but but big time COOs, the the answer they always give is like, it really depends on the company and it depends on the partnership between the CEO and the COO. And so I hate that I'm not giving a, a different answer, but that's really my answer, which is for us and for our team, Ro, my CEO, and I have fortunately been friends for many, many years. We met at Uber a long time ago. We started at the same time and we worked together since the beginning. And so we have a tried and true working relationship and we have a dynamic. It's funny, a lot of our, our team often calls us like their parent, their parents, or we we have this like really, really fluid dynamic. And so he's, he's the visionary, mad scientist, incredible salesperson, energizer. And I am like the list maker, honestly. Um, I like lists. I like readouts. I like dashboards. I like to get things done, checklists, check them off. And that's really our dynamic. And so as we think about kind of what's my role, right? I do have the traditional kind of business responsibility at the company. I manage our books. I think about our projections. I do our monthly, you know, finance close, all of that stuff. I also do a lot of our operational HR stuff, right? So onboarding people, dealing with benefits, all of that, negotiating leases for new warehouse spaces, Mm. all of that type of stuff. But then I lead the teams as well, right? So 
I'm at every single working team review, weekly team reviews. I have one-on-ones with the entire operations team because I manage them. And so it's really kind of everything together. I mean, it kind of harks back to what I was saying in the beginning, which is I love quantitative and qualitative. And so my role kind of lends itself to that blend, which is nice. Hey, listeners, we're taking a quick pause to talk about today's sponsor, Printfresh. One of my favorite women-owned clothing brands is back with an exclusive code for WorkParty listeners. Printfresh is a woman-owned and operated luxury sleepwear company with inclusivity and sustainability at the forefront of their brand values. All of their sleepwear is full of colorful, whimsical patterns that are beautifully screen printed by hand onto 100% organic cotton. But guys, when I say they're soft, think about the softest piece of clothing you own and take your mind to that place and it's 10 times softer. Printfresh is my secret to getting the dreamiest night's sleep. I wear my short sets almost every single night, but they're always the first thing I put on to snuggle down and pass out after an exhausting day. And I'm obsessed with their new spring collection. Printfresh patterns are always cute, but this season they turned up the brightness with the most whimsical patterns. Lemon zest, fruit medley, unicorns garden, and of course, good dog are my favorites of this season. If you filter to the good dog print, you will know exactly what I mean. And plus, sizes range from excess petite to 6X, along with offering women's, men's, and all gender silhouettes. Anyone can find the perfect fit. If you're struggling with getting ahead of Mother's Day, Printfresh is your answer. They offer fast shipping and free exchanges. So if the mother figure in your life doesn't absolutely love the pattern you chose, they can exchange it no problem. And just in case you still wait until the last minute for a gift, Printfresh gift cards are available too. Head to printfresh.com slash workparty or use code party for 15% off your first order. Shop sustainably, support an incredible women-owned business, and sleep in luxury with Printfresh. That's printfresh.com slash workparty or use code party when checking out. So when it comes to the team, what would you say your leadership style is and what have you learned, you know, over your years of first being an employee and now being, you know, sort of at the top of, of a startup? It's funny, like with, with management, it's so tough. Ro and I always joke because I, I constantly make analogies between management and parenting because it is, it's so important, right? It's so important. It's at the crux of everyone's well-being, everyone's performance is really what's their relationship with their manager or their, you know, their parent or whatever. I don't say that in like a pejorative way, but, but really like I put so much thought into management the way I put so much thought into parenting. And I think one of my mentors from Uber, um, she's now actually a COO as well. She, but at a much larger company, she taught me this idea of like high devotion, high expectations. And that's really how I think about management. Like I hold the team or I try to hold the team to really high expectations, but I'm always there. I always have their back, whether it's like a tough moment or a celebratory moment, working through something really tiny or something really big. And so that's kind of how I think about management. And I guess, I suppose parenting as well. Yeah, totally. I love that. So let's end with some sentence finishers. Sure. A a favorite brand that recently launched on Pietra is? Ooh, so my favorite brand is actually launching over the next five days. You'll have to check it out. It's a consumable and it is the first of its kind consumable product. Actually, I think I can mention what this is. It's called Suckers. It's a new lollipop brand, actually. It's like all natural, healthy lollipop lasts for some insane number of hours, which I haven't thought about since the like 
those commercial, I don't remember. Yeah, the owl. That's it, the owl. Yeah. But it's a really cool product. It's a consumable, which I love, and it has such an awesome brand. So definitely check it out. It's called Suckers. I think it's launching on the 22nd of um, March. So I don't know when this will air, but. Who's the creator behind it? So the creator, it's actually, it's not like an influencer creator. His name is Casey. It's just like an entrepreneur who's trying to launch a brand. Yeah, Casey and Tiana Haraguchi, they're they're launching this awesome, awesome brand. I'm so excited. So cool. A non-negotiable in my day is? Time with my daughter. Easy one. I have calendar blocks. I don't miss bedtime. I don't miss dinner. I don't miss breakfast. And I even squeeze in time to take her to a couple of her little toddler classes around. Oh, cute. Um, Yeah. The best thing about motherhood is? Oh, I think you're just, it's like you're reliving life through like happy rose colored glass eyes, right? Totally. The future of the creator economy is? Female dominated. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you and Pietra? Yeah. So definitely go check us out, pietrastudio.com. You can sign up there. You can peruse the marketplace, learn more about what we do. You can also follow us, Shop Pietra, on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And you can find me, email me directly if you're interested in working with us, working for us, whatever, tala at pietrastudio.com. We're super excited to to meet more and more creators who are willing to kind of go along the path with us and build a brand. Absolutely. What you guys are doing is super unique. So thank you so much for sharing your point of view. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jacqueline. This is super fun. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. 